tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show. And uh, boy, Mark, as we get today started, it is still Will Smith, Chris Rock Day. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. The Oscars has gotten more publicity out of that one slap yep. than they've gotten out of anything yep. for a long time. I will tell you, the one thing that cracks me up, okay, is those who are commenting on it that haven't actually watched it mm -hmm. or, you know, they feel like they've seen it because they saw a meme or they heard about it, yeah. but they haven't actually. That's why yesterday, when we got done yesterday, I'm like, I got to find because I'm reading these comments going, how do y'all think that was a setup, okay? Mm -hmm. That was the first thing. Yeah. And because you any married guy knows the emotion of your wife being hurt yeah and you know your reaction most of us are adult and mature enough to not physically attack somebody just because they offended somebody in our family we mm -hmm. might want to yeah but we know better um in a grown-up world and by the way in a grown-up world we also don't deal with it in public right we will do something you know privately <laughs> in public on so, television in front of millions of viewers yeah and a show that's <laughs> broadcast around the world and in every country right um, but you know, Will Smith laughs at Chris Rock's joke about GI Jane mm -hmm, he and did. he laughs about it. Yeah. And then he looks over and his wife rolls her eyes. She says something to him. She's hurt. And that's when he decides he's going to, you know, he gets up to go do something and he smacks him. Yeah. Now it wasn't just the smack that bothered me. Okay. I wish, you know, Chris Rock just stood there and took it. It was what sent my, what I knew it wasn't a fake mark is because of what Chris Rock said that we didn't hear. Now I sent it to you yesterday mm -hmm. because where we in the United States got this edited version. Yeah. Other countries that are getting it, they stream the whole thing live. They, you know, they don't even cut away for things. And Chris Rock said something that was edited out of the American thing. And the producer for the show and the, uh, the runner both said they were back in the trailer and they knew the pro they thought, they thought it was a stage thing too. They just didn't know about, right? Yeah. It was Chris Rock's reaction when he said, Man, Will Smith just smacked the blank out of yeah, me. Yeah, And they are like, Chris Rock is one of the most experienced guys on a stage where there's television going on. Mm -hmm. He knows what you can and can't say. That's when they were like, okay, we might have a problem. And then Will Smith starts yelling from his seat. Yeah. And Chris Rock says, hey, it was a joke about G.I. Jane, man. Yeah, yeah. And... It was uh, that that's when you knew this was not a joke and it wasn't planned. It was one man came unglued and really showed who he really is. And, you know, I told you earlier after watching it several times, I've decided you made a comment about their marriage on the show the other day. So you really, yep. you're going to take advice from those people. Yep. And I thought, you know what? He knows what we all, the Smith family is a messed up family. Uh, they might not think it is. They put the dis in dysfunctional. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so I thought in that moment, he took it as, a, you know, as an assault on his manhood that he's whatever. Mm. And that's why he did what he did. Yeah. And I still wish Chris Rock would have said, man, you already played Ali. You don't have to. You do not have to audition for Joe Frazier or Rocky Five or whatever, you know, anything. Well, the thing but is that Jada just in the it, I don't know exactly when, but at some point in the recent past. She it was went, two days before the Oscars. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, because she, yeah. she, she posted something to Twitter about, hey, they can make mm -hmm. jokes about this all I want to. I yeah. don't care. I'm over it. I don't care. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. She she shaved her head because of alopecia. But right, yeah. She, you know, that was the thing. She But her in that tweet, she she did it. This is two days before the Oscars. Right, yeah. Talking about how she likes her hair to be natural or whatever. Mm -hmm. But back in the 90s, you know, they made her straighten her hair and do yeah. the European look. Yeah. And it's like, you know, she never liked it. Didn't think that was her look like, go look at her, you know, in different movies. And you go, oh, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. She really wasn't comfortable with that look. And she goes, now she shaved her head. She's cool with it. Mm -hmm. So there was no reason for her to roll her eyes and act right. like anything other than it was a joke about G.I. Jane, too, which was, you know, my gosh, man. I yeah. barely remember Demi Moore right. in yeah. G.I. Jane. Yeah. The only thing I remember is the poster of her with her shaved head. Mm hmm. Well, which, by the way. There you go. What occurred to me is that she really doesn't like Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, and she was personally offended that he, he picked her out of the crowd and made a joke. That's the only thing I could think of. Because she's made this public statement about, you know, she's cool with having a shaved head. And then this happens. And then she doesn't look happy. 
What, what's going? Uh, why? Okay, here's the, Mark. They're in the front row. Uh huh. You got a stand-up comedian, and they are in the front row. Yes, it's part Who of gets the gets picked yeah. on. Yes, yes, exactly. Everybody in the front row is fair game. You uh-huh. don't get to sit there and then get mad when the comic makes right. a joke about you. Yeah, if you're in that's a, com- a natural thing. Yeah, if you're in a comedy club and you're wearing anything the least bit odd, anything. If there's anything about you that looks the least bit strange, if what's on the table in the front of in front of you is a little bit out of proportion, like you had a really big meal or you've had, you know, <laughs> something there, the comic is going to be on stage and he's going to pick that out and you're going to be part of his act. You know, it's just the way it yep. is. And at the Oscars everybody's famous so they're all targets yeah. uh, and it just shows that will yep. smith has no class no character and he mm-hmm. just lost his 20 million dollars a movie i think yeah and in the meantime chris rock's, well, chris wait, rock's ticket sales are skyrocketing yeah i i'm gonna take everything i just said back because yeah. will smith's still gonna get paid a bundle of money for movies yeah and it's only yeah. if people quit watching him that it'll actually affect him so yeah, but he right. ruined a great night he took he took what could have been the greatest night of his career winning yep. an academy award for best yep. actor in a film and he flushed it away over a joke that was not even funny mm-hmm. that he laughed at. Yeah, he did. And then he went now and partied. We're all at, laughing at what? Then yeah. he went and partied afterwards and was happy about everything until until his people got up with him and said, "You have got to apologize for this." Yeah, and and like I said yesterday, dude, he didn't write that. No, he didn't. It's some yeah. some you know there's some I'm gonna say it. There was some guy like me sitting in the back going, "Dude, we gotta fix this here." Okay, here this is a statement. That's I'm right. gonna you go ahead and scan it. You don't have to read every word, but this is what we're putting out. <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mac show and mark when i first saw this article okay the headline that says young girl reunited and i saw reagan airport and i thought okay this is going to be a neat story because you know in in when you learn to speed read you just pick up certain words yeah and so i glanced through it and so i pick up about every third word when i'm scanning (laughs) stuff you know Uh uh-huh when i went back as we were prepping the show for today and i went you put this at the front for some reason. So I want to know why we're talking about a girl being reunited with a stuffed bunny. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Unless you the- that stuffed bunny has a bunch of little stuffed bunnies following it that weren't there before she got lost. This ain't a story. I'll tell you the truth. I forgot to cut it. <laughs> That's what it about it too. It's one of those. Okay, this will do until better stories come along. All right, well, break out the peaches and herb and do our story of reunited. Okay, a stuffed bunny left behind at Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport in Virginia was reunited with its young owner after a social media search. Reagan Airport and Travelers Aid International launched a social media search for the stuffed rabbit's owner after it was found left behind at Terminal B's baggage claim. The airport and travelers I've been left behind. <laughs> the airport and travelers aide posted photos to Twitter showing the rabbit in various locations around the facility, posing on a plane and getting in a, a private tour of a cockpit. The tweets received a response from a person who identified the bunny as Hoppy, a beloved toy belonging to the person's young daughter. Traveler's aide posted a photo Tuesday showing the young girl being united with Hoppy. (laughs) The tweet said, it's been a long wait, but Hoppy is back with his person today. The reunion was also celebrated by the Reagan International account, or the Reagan Airport account, reunited and it feels so good, the airport tweeted. (laughs) Now I feel better that that story is gone and we can move along to things. that. This goes to show you how the internet works. Really? This is, we've got, we got people dying around Mm -hmm. the world in the Ukraine in a battle that should never have taken place. We've got our country spinning down the toilet with Joe Biden and a group of people who I don't even know which one is actually guiding this ship. We've got agencies lying to us about Mm -hmm. everything and our gas prices have doubled, but no. We got a stuffed bunny left at Reagan Airport, so we've got to get them back together because old Hoppy will. What does Hoppy become if we don't get it back with the kid? It becomes landfill. <laughs> Life Radio. FM, Mark and Mac Show. And Mark, there is it's so funny on social media, things will pop up that will get your attention or okay let's just me i'll do it me because you probably don't get trapped like this <laughs> i'll see something and i go hey that's a great deal you know <laughs> i need to look further that would be a good investment uh-huh. that would be good for dave <laughs> and halfway through i'm going there's no way there's, there's no there's, this can't be real but i keep reading and then like a dummy 
Uh, I go back and I Google, well, let's just find out if this is a scam, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're always a scam. If if you cannot rent a five-bedroom, three-bath house on the lake for $300 a month, okay? Mm-hmm. No. It just isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that these scammers have taken it to a new level. They've added in, hey, we're doing a diaper drive on this date and this time if you'd like to donate, okay? Because I almost got trapped with that yesterday. Wow. It's a scam. Be very wary, you know, and I, what I did was a friend of mine sent a thing, it, you know, I, this thing had popped up about this diaper drive, you know, people having a tough time and it had a link to go to where you could buy diapers. Okay. To be given away at this thing. Ah. And yeah. And I, I went, okay, I wouldn't do that. I would actually go get the diapers and take them to a drop-off location. I wouldn't mind doing that. And that was kind of what I thought they were asking. Once I saw the link, I went, oh, my gosh. And about the time I started looking up, a friend said, hey, this is a scam. Watch out. So I'm just throwing it out there. I know that we all have, I believe we all have a good heart. Even if we're horrible right, people, yeah. we have a good heart <laughs> for others. And and I just thought how horrible it is that these scammers, if they would just turn their evil for good, you know? <laughs> if they would just use it. their talents for good. Yes. Yes. I mean, really, if you really would put together something that was a diaper mm-hmm. drive, it really would help out people who are having a tough time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. diapers are, I will, you know what? When <laughs> I remember years and years ago talking about uh, needing diapers for a, a family, blah, blah, blah. I was at my church. And I think this, yeah, lady's dead now. Boy, she turned to dust before we got her in the casket. That's how wow. dirt, oh, she was horrible. Wow. She was really bad. And um, did th- and she said, well, you don't need to go buy them diapers. Just go get them cloth uh, yeah. off and tell them how to, you know. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. We use cloth diapers. And this was like 2007. Really? You're going to. No, I'm not. I'm not even you. I'm cheap. I ain't that cheap. <laughs> Yikes. Now I want, now I know why my mom had that look on her face for 10 years. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> she having children. Oh, no, not cloth diapers again. Oh. <laughs> what did he eat? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. Beautiful day in the neighborhood if you like storms. <laughs> Saw that, you know, you yeah, got that in the forecast today. for later yeah. today. Yeah. I know. You know, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, I thought when I first moved to Alabama and they talked, you know, I was in a tornado within 10 days of arriving. Right, there. yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is Tornado Alley, Dave. I'm like, you know, do you realize that two-thirds of this country has Tornado Alley? <laughs> I know. Everywhere, everywhere I you go, you know, this is Tornado Alley. <laughs> yeah. And Bible Belt. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. we're the buckle of the Bible Belt. Really? Right. Yep. Didn't know Chicago was that rich. Didn't know that. <laughs> Thanks for filling me in. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. if you go in the south part of New York City, okay, yeah, this is the buckle. Bible belt right here. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that? Yeah, those are devil horns on that bell buckle. Oh, come on. And who who did that used to be? No, the pillar of salt. Who was that? I want to know. All right. Anyhow. Yikes. So bad weather on the way today, buddy. Yeah, it could yeah. be interesting. I and hope it, Span, James Span, meteorologist friend of ours, says it's tonight is when that's coming through, yeah. late late in the day. So hopefully that holds true because I've got to be out in the wind and everything today. So Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it used to be, Mark, back in the day when you and I, you know, you get up early to do a morning show and all that. But, yeah. you know, you, when you had kids and you're younger, you still live a normal lifestyle, especially when your children are young. You right. still live that normal lifestyle where you go to bed with after your kids go to bed. Yeah. Um, but then once they're out and you're kind of doing your own thing, all of a sudden, I'm not kidding. I start looking at restaurants that start serving dinner at like two thirty. <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't want lunch. I want the dinner portion. Can I get that? At- Wait, no, sir. We're still serving lunch. Like, yeah, but you know, I'm I'm like the only guy who doesn't like it when the sun stays up later in the day. I'm like, I love it when the sun goes down at four forty five in the afternoon. I'm like, well, I'm getting lunch. Ladonna looked at me one time. She goes, Dave. It's five thirty. You know, it's not time for bed yet. I'm like, oh come on, I'm ready. I ate three hours ago for dinner. I'm good. Why does prime time start so late? It's so hard in the summertime too because there's still daylight. You know, you yeah, want to go to I got sleep. The blackout windows. <laughs> well, I've got blackout curtains too, but still, you know, I'm telling you. Yeah, but I got mine from World War II when they're protecting us in California from the Japs attacking.
liferadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show, daily podcast up by 10 o'clock Central Time. Usually right then, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I, I posted it Mark at 10 o'clock. Mark always takes care of it. Yeah, and then yeah. we posted an announcement a little while after that, get, just to give it time okay. to get out there, you know. Yeah, gotcha. Hey, man, a hero dog is credited with rescuing a family from a house fire. Mm-hmm. Firefighters in Rhode Island said a family was able to escape a house fire without injuries thanks to the heroic actions of their pet dog. Hopkins Hill Fire Chief Frank Brown said the family of five was alerted to the fire at their Coventry home early Thursday morning when they were awakened by their dog. He says it appears that the fire started on the exterior structure and the dog was pretty active in the house and they got up to see what was going on and they saw the fire out on the porch through the sliding glass door. It's a real good story for that dog, and he was able to. And, and he was able to what he was able to do and rescue his family. Uh, family uh-huh. members said the heroic dog's name is Cooter, and he was a recent addition to the family. Thing is, Cooter wasn't telling him there was a fire. His barking was, "Dude, I'm out of water." <laughs> Cooter's thinking, "I just come to live with this family. They're going to burn the house down around me." <laughs> They won't feed me. They won't water me. I'm peeing on this. Wait a minute. Is that a fire? Huh. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark, every now and again, a story pops up, and I, my head just starts spinning. Indiana fifth graders aim to spread happiness, happiness with a special hotline. Now, yeah. all I'm thinking right here is this fifth grade class has a really old teacher to think that anybody uses a phone like that. I mean, this like this is like somebody in the good old days thinking of that avocado green phone hanging in the kitchen with the extra long cord you stretch out mm-hmm. down the hallway, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's what they're thinking. We need we you know what? Kids, we need to set up a party line. You know <laughs> what you it. dial you dial a nine hundred number and we'll make money on it because we'll donate it to charity That's and we'll make funny. it long distance to make even more. That's funny. Well, fifth fifth graders don't even know what that is. Yeah. They they don't they don't realize that the phone in their hand is actually used for calling somebody because all they do is text and post pictures. <laughs> they they don't know when it starts ringing they look at it like, "Hey dad, something wrong with my phone." <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the fifth, fifth grade class in Indiana. Yeah, they they're aiming to spend uh, spread a little happiness with a special hotline. They're calling when life gives you lemonades. Call a fifth grader, Cheryl. No, can when life gives you lemons? Call a fifth grader. You know, life gives you lemons. Life gives me lemonades. Yeah. I call somebody. Um, wow, <laughs> Cheryl Can Lakin, who teaches fifth grade at Billford School in Wawasi said she came up with the idea for the phone line with her class after reading about a similar project by a California kindergarten class. She says the world is really chaotic. It's kind of dark on the news. It's kind of hard to find a good news story to share with kids right now. I teach my kids to be positive and do good things for other people. And this just seems like a really easy way to get my kids thinking about others. The phone line, excuse me, if you'd like to call it is uh, 574-832-4965. It offers five different options in English and in Spanish, including jokes, advice, and inspirational quotes. There's also a feature for callers who simply want to get a taste of fifth grade education. Uh, the teacher says they read some fun, uh, some random facts that fifth graders should know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, whenever they hit those, yeah, you know what? Those are the random facts that no fifth grader knows, but it, there was a TV show based on this. Uh-huh. It was hosted by Jeff Foxworthy. Yes. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> well, clearly the, you really, clearly the teacher wait is. Wait a minute. <laughs> Dude, do you really want sad adults calling fifth graders? Really? Is that what we want now? There's so many Because we're going to have stories about this. Uh-huh. Yes. Every, you know, ex, no, you can't, do not let them text you pictures of how sad they are. Oh, no. We don't need to see that. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show where, hey, this time of year makes it great for Mark to be outside. Just letting you know ahead of time that. When I go out to my car and I see yellow all over it, my first thought is, boy, Mark's going to have a bad day. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's really crazy. Good grief. <laughs> oh, my word. Pollen is nuts. It is nuts. I'm thinking about uh, printing up T-shirts that just say, I hate pollen. 
I think I can make some money, you know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, Mark, I don't think I'd be you, the only person to buy a, one. <laughs> there's a reason. What you'd have to do, though, is get a yellow shirt and then have, like, a finger going through the yellow shirt <laughs> yes, with right. dust. You yes, know? Right. Clearing a spot, that, yes. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath that, suicide is painless, you know? <laughs> All right, no. so, Mark, oh, I'm kidding. I know. Actually, you know what? Okay. There was a, there's this uh, story about, uh, it's on, um, it's a documentary about uh, a cryptocurrency exchange in Canada and the, the guy that created it, um, I think he faked his death. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, um, when you look up fake people who faked their death, you know, rich people who absconded with a bunch of money and then faked their own death. Yeah. One of those is a guy who he was running a uh, hedge firm and he ran off with four. He stole four hundred fifty million dollars. Wow! Basically, it was a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he knew it was the when the wheels were coming off the bus, he parked his SUV on, on a bridge, and then wrote in the dirt on the he-, he wrote on on the dirt on the car. Suicide yeah. is painless. So they would think he jumped off the bridge and killed himself. Okay, I got you. Yeah. But thirty days later, he turned himself in. You oh. Know? Hmm. Yeah, so that's that is where that came from. I oh, apologize I gotcha. for it being I thought top you were, of mind. Thought not you making were think, light of suicide. Thought you were thinking of Mash and the theme song to Mash. Yeah, no, that's, but that's of, where it comes from. That's the yeah. name of that song. Yes. <laughs> yeah, suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. Right. Yeah, and you can take or leave it if you please. Yep. Only heard that song one time. It's actually in the movie Mash. It is. Yeah, and it's sung, sung by John Chuck, right? The guy I, that was on Rockford Files. Uh, I think so. I and no, later, no. There was another guy. John Chuck was uh, the dentist, the painless pole, and uh, he uh, was. They, they were. What happened was they were just. He was. Wow. He, he had decided he was going to kill himself. He had nothing to live for, and so what they did was they threw him a big party and gave him some sleeping pills, so he'd think he was going to die. And and some guy Uh-oh. was some guy was playing the guitar. And singing that song wow. during the party. That's what. And you, and I remember. I feel like this. I'm talking to Sheldon Cooper right now in his identical memory. <laughs> Listen, you and the Beverly Hillbillies and the Brady Bunch, I got other things, okay? Okay, so one of us has a life and one doesn't. <laughs> Which is it's it? It's a toss up at this point. <laughs> liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show where every day's a party, every meal's a feast. It's just like Mardi Gras without the beads. <laughs> Dude, I'm scared. When you now. sent this story, I thought you were poking at me because yeah. I thought it said 61% of adults use booze. No. I just read it wrong. I'm like, no, how many well, years? How many years? That, uh, 39%. Yeah, uh, many? It'll be 31. 31 years. 31 years this year. Yeah, wow. No booze. Good for you. I know. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm this so is, proud of the fact that I don't stumble around and mess my pants and mm-hmm. forget about going to Chicago. I'm so glad I don't have those lack of memories anymore. You know, Wrigley Field. How did I get here? Uh, so, heck? <laughs> I no, meet Harry Carey, but not here. Sixty-one hey, percent. Me out to the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sixty-one percent of adults use the snooze, which is something else oh. we've talked about from time to time. Sixty-one um, percent of adults who wake up with an alarm said they do use the snooze button. Seventeen percent of snooze users hit the snooze only once. Fifteen percent will hit it twice. Fourteen percent hit it three times. One in twenty will hit the snooze bar four times. And three point eight percent will uh, will hit it five times, and about three percent uh, will hit the snooze bar six times or more. Okay, so ninety seven percent of adults don't hit it six times or more. Okay, right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. You know, do you hit the snooze at all ever? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Most times, not. Yeah. yeah. I wake up before the alarm goes off, and when I'm really tired, I will reset. The, that's how stupid I'm. I'll actually reset my alarm. I'll wake up, and it's like. Oh man, alarm's going off in six in a minute. I I I need thirty more minutes, okay? Mm. And so I'll reset the alarm, and then I lay there because by the time I've reset the <laughs> yeah, alarm, you're awake. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah I'm awake. <laughs> I go ahead and get up, and then I have to go reset it back. Mm. So I finally got to a point where when I go to bed late, and I know the next day might be rough, I have my the. Here's the cutoff for getting out of bed. <laughs> this is the last possible moment. Yes. So when that if I'm asleep when that alarm goes off. I know. I better be. I better find a fireman pole because yeah. I got no time. You know. <laughs> but I do that because Ladonna. I don't want to wake her up in the middle of the night. You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, actually, I, there are days where I've wanted to, but yeah, yeah. I hate Don't. that panic. <laughs> That panic when you roll over and you you yawn, you stretch, you hit the you hit the button to turn the alarm off, and then your wife wakes you up after that, and it's mm. an hour later. Ah! Oh. <laughs> I hate that. The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show, and you know, Mark during the uh, COVID. Uh, made-up crisis, a lot of people had to shift to working at home and things like that. And a lot of business, it was really interesting how when the COVID thing first hit and people, you know, got scaled back at their job, many people lost a job or whatever Mm -hmm. um, because they could not transition to working at home. And a number of industries really suffered where they had to make their workforce go home. And as they're trying to bring them back to work, half the people are like, I don't want to leave the house, you know, kind of gotten used to being here. And, um, so it, it might be time to update the old resume. And if you haven't done that in a while, you know, you're looking for a new gig or maybe there's one available that you didn't think would be available. Mm. It's time for a change. Okay. When, when it's time, Brady Bunch, when it's yeah. time to change, you got to <laughs> rearrange who you are and what you want to be. Shana, na, 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 Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> to help along the way <laughs> there's a, a a service online called career builder and a survey by career builder found that hiring managers and human resources don't want to see certain things on your resume it's just like oh All right. please um and here are some examples best of breed don't include that wow. on your resume don't tell I wouldn't do that unless I was talking about my dog. Exactly. Don't tell them you're a go-getter. Again, a dog reference. Uh-huh. Don't tell them you think outside of the box. <laughs> wow, that goes back to what, the 80s or something? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, synergy. So synergy. Yeah, synergy yeah, is another, another 80s, 90s term. Uh-huh. You're the go-to person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thought leadership. That's another red flag. Now, that sounds like a millennial thing, doesn't it? It kind of does. I haven't done yeah. much, but I am a leadership. When it I, when it comes to thought, I'm your leader. So thought leadership, that's on the resume. I think about a lot of things that get done around here. I yes. don't do anything. Um, no. <laughs> I'm results driven. That's another one. <laughs> yeah. I'm a team player. Ooh. Mm. Hard worker. That's another one. That's yeah. interesting. If you have to say it, you aren't. Yeah. Strategic thinker. That one's up there that with thought back. leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I say they're one and the same, aren't they? Uh-huh. Uh, dynamic is another one. Mm. Self, yeah. <clears throat> self-motivated. Hmm. Detail-oriented is another yeah. phrase to, to uh, sidestep. And so is track record. Dude, I'm thinking about recent ads I've seen for people looking for employees. Yeah. And those are words. We need a dynamic, self-motivated, detail-oriented. We need somebody with a track record of being a hard worker, being that go-to person. I mean. You're right. So the people, that's what's in every ad. It sure is. What are they saying? Okay, we can use these phrases, but you can't. liferadio.fm the market mag show where by golly we are best of breed we are go-getters <laughs> we think outside the box lots of synergy between our radio our <laughs> podcasting and the internet stuff wow. and mark is the go-to person on our team because he leads us with thought leadership you know, he's very thoughtful in his leadership That's it. he's a results driven kind of team player mm-hmm. he's a hard worker strategic thinker very dynamic individual He's self-motivated, detail-oriented, and he's got a track record to prove it all. <laughs> all the things you don't want on your resume. That's there right. you go. And you know, basically, I have to send. I got to send a blank piece of paper. It has Dave Mack. Here's my number. You know that whole thing was written by by people who've looked at all that over the years and gone, "Could you just please find some other way to say this?" Yeah, <laughs> I hate these terms. But think outside the box is such a horrible thing to say now, yeah. especially on the Christian world, because basically most religious places. They think inside the box That's and try to true. find the very far right-hand corner of that box to mm-hmm. create another safe space box, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a sad thing. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. All right, Mark, 
what would you do? And I know that this is something you can only hypothesize. You, you can't actually figure out what you would do if you were released from jail, but just for a minute. Right. Let's just say that Mark's evil twin brother <laughs> went to jail, okay? And when he, or no, better yet, Jane goes, Jane, your redheaded, uh, she becomes a true redhead one day, comes off the rails, pulls a Will Smith, and ends up in jail, all yeah, right? Yeah. Now, what is she going to do when she first gets out of jail? <laughs> Just don't, I don't even want to think about it. She's not going to be happy. Right. But yeah. I think I think this qualifies. No! A New Jersey woman faces more charges after police say she stole a car less than an hour after being released from the St. Tammany Parish Correctional Center. At about 4.45 Monday afternoon, the St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office was contacted about a red Chevy Camaro which had been stolen after it was left running outside a fast food restaurant. Can we have a stupid victims thing too? Because that's just dumb. Deputies found the stolen Camaro heading southbound on US 190 and gave chase. Police say the driver did not stop and sideswiped another car before deputies found the car crashed off the fairway drive exit. The driver, 27-year-old Sarah Connors of Bloomfield, New Jersey, sustained serious injuries in the crash and was transported by emergency medical personnel to a local area hospital. The case is still under investigation. Charges are pending. She was booked by Mandeville Police on misdemeanor theft and drug charges, but was later released from the St. Tammany Parish Correctional Center on signature a signature bond <laughs> so she's she out just again is out of jail yeah and breaks the law and steals a car mm-hmm. and can get out on a signature bond all i'm thinking all right did she use the i was being chased by a terminator's excuse i you was know? wondering because her name is sarah connor i'm a friend of sarah yeah. connor i was told that she's here could i see her please no can't see her she's making a statement <laughs> wow i'll be back <laughs> liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show cruising along singing a song side by side <laughs> thank you how do you get it in there yep <laughs> so Mark if you had just all the money in the world and you've already bought everything you can think of okay yeah and you're just sitting around thinking of things to build would you end up sitting on your couch thinking hey a double decker couch would be the way to go <laughs> you know because that's what I'm guessing. This sheik was watching the Lego movie and went, yeah. ah, double-decker couch, good idea. I'll take it one step further. <laughs> yeah, well, this sheik, he, he, this guy holds the record now for the biggest collection of 4 by 4 cars, vehicles, has now mm-hmm. built the planet's biggest Humvee. It's 46 feet long, 20 feet wide, 21.6 feet tall, it's a monster truck that dwarves ordinary Hummers and looks ridiculously large in comparison. In fact, when you look at the pictures, a regular Humvee could almost drive under this one. It sits so far above wow. the ground. Yeah. This <laughs> gas-guzzling giant will run on four diesel engines and has a toilet and a sink on the first of its two floors. Car-crazy wow. Sheik Hamad bin Hamdan al-Nayhan uh, from the United <laughs> Arab Emirates, yeah, I butchered his name, commissioned the vehicle for his Sharjah Off-Road History Museum. The Sheik, a billionaire member of the Emirati royal family, has a collection of 718 4x4 models, meaning if he drove one a day, it would take him nearly two years to use them all. His latest ride, the so-called Hummer H1X3, was driven to the museum on public roads to the astonishment of locals. Built on the frame of a U.S. Army LARC-LX steel-hulled amphibious cargo vehicle, it's capable of a top speed of a whopping 32 kilometers an hour. (laughs) The interior is spread over two floors, both of which are still being worked on. The second level features a lounge with a 360-degree view. It also contains the steering cabin. Wow. This thing is huge. So when you've got all the money in the world, this is what you've chosen to spend it on. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think I'd go with the yacht that I could ski behind, you know, but eh, (laughs) different strokes, I guess. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mag show we've got a daily podcast uh, up 
uh, about 10 o'clock Central Time. We also have our daily Bible reading right there at liferadio.fm. You can, you know, go back to January 1st and play catch up for the next six months or <laughs> just start today. You know, either way you look at it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Mark, when you sent this story yesterday, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know that Walmart sold tobacco. Right. And so for them to announce that they're going to discontinue that, mm-hmm. again, it's like, did not know they even sold us still. I, I, I was the same way. I looked at it and thought, wait, okay. they sell tobacco? And then I remembered, yeah, there's that one aisle, that one checkout where they have all the cigarettes and stuff, everything behind it. It's, it's all, really? there's one checkout lane that has tobacco on it. And, and I'm trying to picture uh, the Walmarts that, that I know of, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I can't, I, I just, I'm going to go look now. I've yeah. just got to go look. You know, there's, How bad is that? There's a, they have a book section in a lot of them, right? It's, all, it's up near the front what? of the store. Yeah, and there's a book, little book area where they've got all the latest books on sale. And the, the tobacco oh. aisle is usually right up next to that book section. It uh-huh. backs up to it. So See, that's, that's, I just yeah. glance over the book section and go, where are the movies on books? Okay, there we go. <laughs> well, Walmart is going to stop selling cigarettes across select stores in the United States. Uh, This is what they announced on Monday. They said it was a business decision. Quote, we're always looking at ways to meet our customers' needs while still operating an efficient business. As a result of our ongoing focus on the tobacco category, we've made the business decision to to discontinue the sale of tobacco in select stores. Walmart operates over 5,000 U.S. locations, employs 1.6 million people, according to their figures. It's not immediately clear which stores will no longer be selling tobacco products. However, the Wall Street Journal, which first reported the development, said the company is set to pull cigarettes from shelves in some stores in California, Florida, Arkansas, and New Mexico. Wow. Yeah. And again, did not know they sold it. So there you go. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and by golly mark <laughs> there's a thing on facebook that pops up every now and again and yeah. there, it's like whatever happened to you know and it oh, yeah. starts from you know television shows you you watched when you were a kid or whatever and you know the one that always gets me uh, the about children actors you know about whatever happened to them and leave it to beaver you know they always have pictures of jerry mathers as yeah. the beaver yeah and I'm reminded of, you know, Young Sheldon, the TV show that right. uh, yeah. is like the prequel to Big Bang. Mm. Well, Jerry Mathers, he was really, you know, he's cute as the beeve in the first few years. But then all of a sudden he, he grew up a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like, now he's not so cute going, golly gee whiz, Wally, you know, because he's, <laughs> he expected to pull out a gun or a stunner or something <laughs> and beat the crap out of Wally, you know, but he's still saying, you know you're playing tricks on me Wally like he's eight uh-huh, and it's yeah. like the guy's driving a car you know and anyway but what gets me about those shows is that that show is like Beaver and Wally they got a dad that's like a hundred years old and a mom you know that's like 35 oh, I don't goodness. ever get that how is it possible that they put these younger women with these older men you know back know. in the day I mean, Hugh Beaumont, he was like Beaver's pawpaw. He wasn't his dad. I mean, think about it. He was, the dude died in 1982 of old age, you know, after the show been off the air for 15 years. It's like, he was not pawpaw. He was not daddy. He was pawpaw. I don't get it, man. It just cracks me up. But anyway, I apologize for that little digression. It's okay. (laughs) So talk to me about, I sent you a story yesterday about Disney guests. And by the way, Hey, you know, when you start looking at most of those, uh, child, whatever happened to their yeah. kids that used to be involved with Disney movies, you know, it's like, uh-huh. it's like <laughs> Johnny Crawford from the rifleman actually got his start with the Mickey Mouse club. <laughs> like, what are they putting in the, in the water at Disney studios? Wow. My goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, Jane and I in January took a trip to Disney and yeah. uh, you sent me this article and the, what I sent you back was, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff like this, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Right. So, um, <laughs> It's the most hated earworm in the world. It's a small world after all. And apparently, for some people, they're not happy with that world. It seems that as of late, some guests are complaining about the cast member service they received while visiting the Disney parks. Uh, didn't meet their expectations. Additionally, they've noticed an increase in pricing, but a decrease in service and other things like food portions. 
and Disney guests are not happy about it. One Disney World guest recently visited the theme parks for the first time in six years, and they didn't have the experience they expected. Quote, I'm at Disney World for the first time in about six years, and frankly, everything is worse. From the larger crowds to the Genie Plus experience and the horrible resort hotel service, it just isn't what it was. Uh, They continued saying, so many lost services, but happy to charge us even more. I'm done with Disney. The Disney World guest uh, expressed that if Disney's going to increase prices, the service must remain the same. And that is not what they experienced on their recent trip. Quote, they can leave the prices, but maintain the services. Room cleaning consisted of throwing a pile of towels on the floor and taking out the garbage. No refreshed coffee, no making beds, no replacing glasses. They recently stayed at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, where they found the room didn't meet their expectations. Quote, the room was crumbling plaster, rusty hardware on the doors, and the toilet was uh, has stains. Caribbean, uh, Caribbean Beach Resort is a mid-range, but this room would get two stars from a Motel 6. Wow. Yeah. Now, I haven't had that experience because I don't... The last few trips, we haven't done Disney hotels. And the right. reason is because they cost like three times as much as every other hotel in the area. It's just mm. staying on property is much more expensive, but that's the only way you get some of the, eh, some of the little perks from staying right. there, you know, like being able to get in a bit earlier than anybody else into the different parks and being able to reserve things earlier in the day. They give you a, they give you a head start on everybody else who's coming if you stay on property. But the things that don't matter in my world, because my wife doesn't start her day till noon. <laughs> That's right. Go. Yeah. And if you, if you don't start your day till noon, then you're going to be standing in two hour long lines and all kinds of stuff. Lines are longer That Disney genie app. I, as a tech guy, I think it's, I, I understand it. And on one level, it's kind of cool, but you end up spending a lot of your day looking at your cell phone while you're at Disney, trying to plot what you're going to do in, in, in the hours that you have remaining in your day, because you're, you're, you're noodling around fiddle, fiddle faddling with that app, trying to get a time to get on a ride when before you would just kind of walk around and go queue up in a line, get in line. Yeah. You can't just go get in line. What the heck? Yeah, you can go on. You can, but the lines are super, super long and they move super, super slow because they're catering to the people using the app, getting primary uh, premium times getting, you know, when they want to ride. And I, it, I, I sound like that old, old guy. I remember when, but I remember when everybody just got in line together and you waited a while to get on the ride. That was just the way it went. But the, when they started the fast pass system years ago, it started messing with the way the rides perform. And if you weren't in the fast pass queue, you were going to be waiting a long time to get on a ride. I remember standing at the rope, you know, <laughs> we're next woo-hoo! and seeing dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people being admitted before us because they were in the fast pass queue and all these other people, you know, the sweating masses are standing here <laughs> behind the rope waiting for all of the, uh, these other people to get on. And it really, it didn't set right with me. And after this last experience, I told Jane, ah, it's probably the last time we're going. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show a beautiful day in the neighborhood if you like neighborhoods that have a lot of storms in them you know <laughs> that's what we're looking on later on today but i mark when earlier today i kept thinking you know it before the sun came up it sounded like it was already getting nasty out mm. and got out there and i was like what was i hearing you know, I mean, I don't it was know. the the voices in my head were quiet, and there was a big breeze blowing through, and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I think my brain is shrinking, dementia uh, is setting in. Is that what it is? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'll be wandering around the mall looking for my wife, <laughs> carrying her purse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah, she doesn't need her purse. All she needs is one little card in her hand, oh, and she has the keys to the treasure chest. That's true. That's true. All right, mm. Mark. One of the things that old guys do, or dorks, go to the beach uh, with a uh, a metal detector, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah, you walk. If you see a guy walking around with long shorts, socks, and sandals with a metal detector, it's Mark or me. Okay, <laughs> just giving you a heads up. Could be because, our friend Mike. Uh, he said he was going to buy a metal detector to look for his car keys the other day because he uh, lost them somewhere. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, that hurts. 
Well, 26-year-old Joe McGrath proposed to his girlfriend, Becky, she's 28, on a beach near where they grew up in Cleethorpe's Lincolnshire, England. But when they were preparing to leave the beach a short time later, they discovered the ring had fallen into the sand. McGrath says, at first I thought it was going to be one of those things that we will laugh about and we'll find it straight away. But five minutes in, I started to think, this is getting scary now. McGrath said he found a metal detector for sale nearby on Facebook Marketplace, but this $26 purchase turned out not to be much help. He said it just didn't Mm. work at all. I don't know what it was finding, but it certainly wasn't finding metal. McGrath turned to a local metal detecting group on Facebook for help, and his plea was answered by Mark Robinson. Robinson, using his functioning metal detector, was able to find the ring in a matter of minutes. McGrath said Robinson saved the day. Quote, I've been planning this for ages, and I thought about everything. Well, everything apart from the fact that the ring could go missing. I just want to say that Mark is a legend and was our guardian angel that day. We will never forget him. Okay, Mark, I'm going to here's your main problem. Okay, if the proposal is something you've been thinking about for a long time, mm-hmm. stop. Dude, it's about the girl. It's not about you. Okay, and I don't care how romantic you think you are. Doing it on the beach is horrible. You know, it's a bad place because this is what happens. Uh-huh. Now, what you do is you get a real good fake one that looks really cool, and you lose that, okay? <laughs> That's what you do. The good one's back in the, you know, in your baggage or wherever. I don't get it. Uh, what is wrong with men? You know, the next thing, Mark, these men who I've been, I've been planning this proposal since I was a little boy. Really? Oh, gosh, I remember thinking, that story. What are you yeah. going to do? When you win an award, you're going to go up to somebody and smack them in the face instead of hit them like a man? Oh, okay. <laughs> liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show <laughs> some of the things Mark tells me when we're listening to music just easy is funny <laughs> yeah all right so Mark we're at a Cancun airport mm-hmm. just doing our if you're I can't imagine traveling overseas right now but no, anyway no, me neither you know because well if you watch some of the shows that I watch now which goes to show you that my wife now controls the remote. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? I'm watching before the 90 days. Oh, come on. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> traveling to other countries where <laughs> my 600 pound life on a, on a, on a cruise in a hot tub. That's dude. That's there, but yes. Mark, there was, there was this girl on the, before the 90 days. Yeah. And she was like, she's, She's doing the double whammy thing because I think if she eats one more thing, she's going to qualify for my 600 pound life. And she's been, oh, her fiance. I love the love of my life, my fiance, who I've never met in person, but we have <laughs> chatted over the phone. You know, really? Are we all 12 years old now and we're yeah. dreaming of that? That guy we met on vacation at the beach when we were 12, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's the love of our life. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So now I think about these things when I see stories like this. There's a stampede at the Cancun airport, yeah. and we're talking about spring break time here. So the mm-hmm. Cancun airport's going to be busy. Yeah, it is. And three loud cracks set off a stampede of hundreds of people Monday at the Cancun airport in which elderly travelers were knocked down and children separated from their parents. Images show people huddled behind furniture and counters, and a CBS producer who was at the scene said some had apparently been injured in the crush of travelers seeking cover from gunfire. The U.S. State Department issued an alert saying it was aware of reports of a security incident and advising concerned parties to attempt to contact loved ones who might be at the airport. But shortly afterward, Mexico's National Guard posted its own tweet, quote, the available information indicates that the sound could have been caused by the fall of three billboards accidentally knocked down by a tourist. Wow. The tweet included photos of freestanding six foot tall displays lying on the floor next to the terminal the terminals Bubba Gump restaurant. A code red alert wow. brought forces from the National Guard and the Army, and Terminal 3 was evacuated. The public security chief of the state of uh, Quintana Roo later announced no evidence of a shooting had been found, and he also said there were no injuries. Wow. <laughs> Somebody knocked over three of these standing displays, and everybody's diving Man. for cover. <laughs> we used to make jokes about people yelling fryer in a crowded movie uh, house. Yeah. <laughs> now... You know what? 
My dog, Hank, makes some noises that are pretty scary. I'm afraid I, I might have to take him on a little trip to Cancun next time. Watch out! <laughs> He's gonna blow! LifeRadio.fm, the old Mark and Mac show. And uh, as we wind things down from our part, just so you know, we make jokes about everything mm-hmm. except when it comes to potential for bad weather and in our part of the world today, there is the potential yeah. for bad weather. So just bear in mind, you probably need to stay alert, you know, mm-hmm. to what's happening at this point in time that we all have. We know we I take it for granted when I say we all have alerts on our phone. I have them. I didn't put them on there, but they I've have them somehow, you know, right. I don't know that it's an automatic thing. Everybody has. But if you don't get one, you can get a weather app that will send an alert for if there's a warning in the area you happen to be. Uh, there are all kinds of things. So. Just be mindful that there is a difference between a watch and a warning. You know, mm-hmm. a watch means conditions are favorable for that activity to occur. A warning means it's happening now somewhere, you know, and is headed your way. Right. That's all you got to know. All right, Mark, remember Flamingo, a friend? It was yes. a big company in Birmingham for a few years. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know if there's still even a thing. Mm, I know that I've seen Flamingos on lawns in the last year yeah so i know i don't oh, know okay. if i don't know if it is exactly that company but i do know that the service is still available okay yeah because i kind of thought flamingo a friend of two guy, two men in a truck was kind of a thing you know yeah. it's like maybe they're the same company because two men get up early and flamingo a friend then they'll come and move your luggage <laughs> and then at the end of the day they come back and get the flamingos out of your yard i don't know but anyway whenever i see a flamingo story that's what i think of yeah one of two flamingos that escaped from a kansas zoo during a storm 17 years ago has been spotted on the coast of Texas. That's what wildlife officials say. (laughs) They escaped during a storm. Yes. I'm being willing to bet that the zoo did not properly take care of these (laughs) flamingos during the storm, and they were taken away. Kind of like, very quickly here, we are in Kansas, okay? You're right. Poor flamingo. He's on the coast of Texas going, hey, we ain't in Kansas anymore. Give me something else. <laughs> well, the Coastal Fisheries Division of Texas Parks and Wildlife confirmed Tuesday that, to the Associated Press that the African flamingo, known as number 492, didn't even have a name. Just gave the poor bird a number. Ah, because of the number on its leg band, was captured on video shot March 10th by an environmental activist near Port Lavaca, Texas, at Rhodes Point in Cox Bay. Yes. Just to be clear, when you're in prison, they go by your number, not your name. Oh, okay. So, prison zoos are prison for animals. So, number 492 makes sense. So, the flamingo is doing time. I got you. Hmm. Yeah, but he escaped. I'm with you. I wonder if the U.S. Marshals are coming to collect him. Let's find out. (laughs) Officials were able to make out the bird's leg band on the video. The bird and another flamingo escaped from the Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita on a stormy night in June of 2005. Employees hadn't yet clipped the bird's wings to prevent them from flying. Eh, That made their escape possible. While the other flamingo was never seen again, number 492 has been spotted several times in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and Texas, sometimes with other wild flamingos. But it had been years since its last reported sighting until this month zoo officials have never made plans to recapture number 492 but despite all the sightings saying there's no easy way to do so without disturbing other wildlife the birds got the perfect situation you know it really does the escaped flamingos known for their distinct pink feathers and long legs and necks were born in africa and then shipped to the kansas zoo in 2004 with 39 other flamingos man they're going to start filing a class action lawsuit against the United States of America for making them into zoo slaves or something, you know? <laughs> well, if this was a cartoon, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm thinking of, you know, you notice that the places they've been, Wisconsin, it's not mm-hmm. not Alabama because it was Alabama. No. <laughs> Honey, I shot me a really funny looking quail. <laughs> Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.